Hey, Unexplained Ones, this is Dr. Mounts, and thanks for tuning in to All Things Unexplained, where we talk about everything from Bigfoot to UFOs to astrophysics and everything in between. So if that sort of thing is for you, make sure to follow us wherever you podcast, along with a review and a rating. It takes a lot to get All Things Unexplained on the air, and this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. You can support the show by checking us out on Linktree at A-T-U Podcast. That's A-T-U Podcast. There you'll find links to all our socials. You can support us on Venmo. You can purchase your official All Things Unexplained merchandise. And you can even book us on Cameo. And now, let's get to the show. Previously on All Things Unexplained. Joining us tonight from the brand new history series, Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, is Andrew Bustamante and Paul Bieben. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And hello, thank you to the Skinwalker Insiders for coming back tonight. You guys don't see it, but Paul is built like a like a dick. <laughs> That's what we used to say in Pennsylvania. I have no idea. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> no. In some of these remote locations were intense. It, it takes a little bit of grit and resilience to be able to continue pushing the method, the scientific method and the investigation in those settings. Uh, and I think that's what we were kind of hired to do. And at the same time, we had the rigor and the discipline that gave Brandon specifically that peace of mind to know that we would execute with the same level of, of precision and consistency that he expects of the Skinwalker team. So really, it's not a Skinwalker team and a Beyond team. We are all one team. We just have two different playing fields. All Things Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. (laughs) CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Skinwalker Ranch. Located in Utah, it is known for its alleged paranormal activity and unexplained phenomena. It gained notoriety due to reports of sightings of strange creatures, UFOs, poltergeist activity, and other inexplicable occurrences. The ranch has been the subject of scientific investigations and has attracted the attention of paranormal enthusiasts and researchers interested in understanding the mysteries surrounding it. Now owned by Brandon Fugel, it is the subject of a History Channel series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. In an effort to gain a broader perspective and build larger data sets, Brandon has added two new team members to the Skinwalker Ranch team, Paul Beban and Andrew Bustamani. 
take the offensive by pursuing evidence of similar phenomena found at analogous sites around the country. Their mission? To go beyond Skinwalker Ranch. It is more important than ever to take our investigation beyond Skinwalker Ranch. It does require an expanded group of professionals. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Here it is. What is that thing? We're hundreds of miles from Skinwalker Ranch, seeing similar results. This is a UAP. There's no question about it. This is literally giving me chills, guys. Beyond Skinwalker Ranch premieres Tuesday, June 6th at 10, only on the History Channel. Diving a little bit more into the fear thing real quick. We have heard, we've had a couple people that we've had on this show now who have connections to Skinwalker Ranch. We've heard that some of the people that have lived on Skinwalker Ranch have what's called a hitchhiker, where they believe some sort of other being that has followed them off the ranch. We were told that even Travis Taylor thinks that he might have a hitchhiker. Is this something you guys have ever, I had not heard this term until probably two months ago. Is this something that you guys have ever feared <laughs> that you're going to put yourself in some sort of situation that might be life altering? So I think Paul and I are the type of people that, that don't fear it like we should. I think there was a certain extent we were both inviting hitchhikers because we wanted to witness it ourselves. I'm not going to say inviting. I was open. I had maybe I, I set a, I set a place at the table for the hitchhiker, but but when the hitchhiker's done, the hitchhiker needs to just go. I'm not going to bring you home. There were multiple moments during the documentary effort where we identified hitchhiker activity among our team. And you know what, what was crazy yeah. is that Paul and I, Paul and I signed up to be the target here. We signed up to be the concentric rings that everybody shoots at. We wanted to be the ones that got all that negative energy, but instead it started happening to our team. And when that happens, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a humbling moment when you realize there are other people here with us that the viewer might never see, but they're putting themselves on the X just like we are. They're exposing themselves to the phenomenon just like we are. They're just carrying a boom or they're carrying a camera or they're carrying, you know, the tech that needs to document uh, the steps of the of the day and the investigation. But when we started seeing hitchhiker activity among our team, it kind of was one of those come to Jesus moments where we realized this is real. Like this is the stuff Travis and Eric warned us about. And now we have to deal with this because we can't stop the investigation. So you just confirmed that Travis did warn you about this. Can you are you comfortable giving us an example since that sounds like it's something we won't see on the show if it happened to people? Oh, 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 no, don't don't presume that you aren't going to meet that we aren't going to pull back okay. the curtain on, you know, that yeah, okay. no. Okay. I mean the the crew and and Andy and I, we were, you know, we're one unit out there. Yeah. Um and if they are, you know, experiencing something or you know, everybody is part of the whole story, right? I mean, the same way that we're there to talk yes. to uh, people who have lived or experienced something, um, you know, we're there to be open to that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And Paul's, Paul's, what Paul's telling you, CJ, is, is watch the show. Paul, Paul's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I plan to. I plan to. <laughs> Be yeah, because you're going to you're going to see I mean, I ha we have to give massive props to our showrunner and the producer who was with us every step of the way. Whole team. Yeah, the whole team. Yeah, the whole team. 
but but the our our kind of lead showrunner or lead producer on the on the ground in the field with us. I think I think we can I think we can we can say his name. His name is David. <laughs> yeah, his name's David Carr. And he made it clear to everybody from the beginning that because we are on the move, because our time is so limited everywhere we go, there would be no rules of television that would apply here. That right. anything that, that is relevant to the investigation will be captured on film, it will be documented, it will be recorded. So during our show, unlike Skinwalker Ranch, when you see our show, you're gonna see our crew. You're gonna see them, you're gonna hear from them, they're gonna share their experiences, you're gonna see us interact with them because they were really part of this mission just as much as Paul and I. Yeah, I think, you know, the 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 notion is, and this is this is, you know, from what I brought, I think, from uh being sort of a documentary style journalist is, you know, I like to, you know, um, the, the word in the, in the business is, is immersive. You know, you want to take people, you want to bring them in to the experience with you. And so everybody there on, on, on set or on location is potentially an observer of a situation. If you have a unit of 12 people, you know, you're not going to say only these two people, only what they see matters. You know, you've got a whole bunch of other people who are all, you know, with, with cameras, very skilled, you know, engineers and technicians who are like, hey, something's happening over here. I don't know what you idiots are looking at, but the, you know, <laughs> the story's over here. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I think that's what really what we're getting at here is this is this is uh, we're we're trying to take this out into the field with that spirit in mind. Like, you know, Andy and I are the guys who are going to stand there, you know, with the the microphones, although we never do that. <laughs> um, but everybody is there potentially to to be a part of the story you know, to be a part of the experience because that's reality, right? That's how these things happen. Right. And Andrew, you brought up radiation. And when we had Eric Bard on, he said something really profound. He believed that he could discover or that he was looking for one thing that could unify or unite all the spooky paranormal phenomenon that they were experiencing. And you brought up radiation, which it's going to happen in beyond Skinwalker Ranch. And we know that that happened in Skinwalker Ranch. And we've seen the 1.6 gigahertz signal at Skinwalker Ranch. And through your data collection, do you guys get the sense that there is some sort of unifying data out there for all of this? So, you know, what I'll say to that, um, because I want to protect what you're going to experience yourself when you go on the Beyond Skinwalker adventure with us. But what I will say is that the data and the evidence that Paul and I were able to bring back to Travis and Eric confirmed and advanced many of the theories that they had landed on at Skinwalker Ranch. When you can go across the United States and replicate the results that they have right there in Utah, it's really compelling evidence that backs a hypothesis. So with what we brought back, specific to radiation, I'm going to let Eric be the one that kind of shares with you how that advanced or, or changed his theory or his, his hypothesis. And I'm going to let Dr. Travis Taylor do some of the same stuff because our job was to collect the evidence and bring it back so they could make some more advanced conclusions. And it was really fulfilling, I think, to both Paul and I to be able to bring back the level and the intensity of information that we brought back. Yeah, I think that's important to point out is that, you know, you've seen the first episode, you have a sense of what the structure is like um, and the way, you know, sort of the mission, uh, you know, is handed 
to us. But Andy's right. I mean, we go out and we we draw our own conclusions. We gather as much data as we can, and then we bring it back and, and we throw it in their laps. Hey guys, <laughs> take a look. Uh, what do you think? You know, um, and we come up with questions together. We they come up with lots of things that would never occurred to us. Um, and and as we spoke about at the very beginning of this, um, that both leads us to maybe say, you know what, we're done at this place, or you know what, we need to go back, or we would like to go back. We have ideas about what we might want to do there or someplace else. So that's that's what's cool about the show is that we both, you know, find things, but it's open ended. You know, this is this is just the beginning of of uh, the story. Something that I wanted to ask Eric after we had him on the show we you know, went off live and all of a sudden he opened up about a few things that were really important to him. And he actually said, I want to come back on and talk to you guys more. He was talking about the relationship between each individual and the experiences that were happening, like how the ranch was interacting with each person that was there differently. And you guys have mentioned that some of your crew was having some sort of hitchhiker effects. And by the way, a lot of people are making comments about how hitchhiker activity isn't always negative, which I will go ahead and say, yes, 100%. I am naive and fearful, and so I may have approached <laughs> it in that direction. But no, you're totally right. Hitchhiker activity is not necessarily a negative thing. But did you guys see that too? Was Were these places reacting differently with individual people? So I, I certainly can think of at least two areas off the top of my head, Paul, where you and I explored one of them in Arizona, uh, one of them when we were uh, when we were up in the Northeast in, in the birthplace of America. So in a couple of different locations, uh, we absolutely had kind of our own unique reactions to the environment. Uh, and, and, you know, part of that, I think, is the love, the types of investigations that we were carrying out, because Paul and I weren't always together executing the same investigation. Oftentimes, we would yeah. split up to try to cover as much ground as possible in the short period of time that we were there. So that led to these very unique experiences that we had separately, that we would then have a chance to work to come back together and communicate and share with each other what we had experienced. Um, and in those instances, uh, for sure, the idea of the phenomenon having a personal relationship with the individual certainly seemed to ring true for both of us. Yeah, I think one thing that, again, this is just to, to highlight in a good way how our show is different is that, you know, Eric and Travis and the team there, for the most part, aside from when one of them's in a helicopter or someone is, you know, maybe on a different part of the ranch, they're together almost all the time. Um, half the time, Andy and I, you know, would come back at the end of the, end of the day and be like, dude, you are not going <laughs> to believe what happened while I was out with, you know, my team and you were out with your team. And so, you know, or we'd be, you know, on the phone or communicating, you know, in other ways, uh, as you'll see. Um, so that that's what's kind of fun about, you know, we were putting it together as it happened, as opposed to, you know, being all there at the same time and maybe, you know, three or four guys seeing the same thing. So anyway. Did the show and working for this show change your guys' views of the universe in any way? It made me so much more interested in the universe. I'll tell you what, before <laughs> this, I was I was an earth kind of guy, right? Like <laughs> earth guy. I, I wanna it's kind of an earth I wanna have my yeah, I mean, I've spent my entire career getting my hands dirty with people and with conflict and with battlefields and with war zones. There's a there's enough interesting stuff going on on the planet to keep me pretty entertained. 
Uh, but then when we got this opportunity and we start traveling and I see myself looking up at the sky and I see myself using equipment that's picking up on the things we can't see, right? Different visible light levels, different audio levels, uh, different energy levels. You start to realize there is so much more happening than just what we human beings are doing here on the surface of our planet. Um, and by the time that Paul and I packed up our, our last set of luggage and head, headed back home uh, after nine, nine weeks of consecutive filming. That was only the second, that was just the second leg. <laughs> but by, that, by yeah. that moment, all I was, all I was thinking is, how do we get back out there again? How do we get back on the field again? Because the game's not over. I was going to say, how long did you sleep after those nine weeks? I bet you're exhausted. <laughs> I got a solid three days in. I think my, my <laughs> wife was generous enough to bring me uh, protein shakes and a warm meal every now and then. And right. I got to kiss the kids on the forehead and lay back down again. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, the thing about the, the, the cycle on the road, too, is you just you just go and crash and go and crash. And so while the the hours are long and you do get you know sleep deprived uh when you're out you're you're out because <laughs> uh, you know you have to get up and do it all again the next day but yeah it's you know but it, yeah back to the sort of the production side i mean putting together eight episodes of television um is is a is a huge lift for any group uh and you know when you have to be mobile uh and and um cover the kind of ground that this team did, uh, it, you'd have, you have to be small and tight. So it's a lot of people, um, a, a smaller amount of people doing an incredible amount of work every single day for months. And Paul, did it change your view of the universe at all? Changed my view of the universe. I think I, <laughs> Andy's an earth guy. I was kind of a universe guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also an earth guy, but, but I think, you know, um, no, I think look the the again the 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 joy, the privilege, the the you know the the fun of doing this is just talking to more and more people about you know something that you yourself have never considered before uh, that you know this whole group that you're out there with has never considered before. So you're getting this big you know sort of group reaction to a new experience, a new story, uh, a new thing that we have to try to make sense of. So yeah, I mean, every one of these episodes changes you a little bit, um, but again, the you know, there's still so much more out there, right? So I, I just want to be continued yeah. to 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 be open to these things, and we'll see what happens next. All right. Well, for those that are just tuning in, we are talking with Paul Bieben and Andrew Bustamante from the new show, Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, which will premiere on Tuesday, June 6th at 10.05 Eastern, which is what it said there. And since we have such brilliant minds with us today, I think it's important that maybe we dive into a few hot takes of current topics for things that are going on. I know Dr. Mounts has a few lined up. So we just want to get your quick Quick reaction to a few things that are going on. So, Tim, I'll pass it off to you. And we really appreciate you guys joining us tonight, Andrew Bustamani and Paul Beaven. Andrew, I, I have to ask, I apologize in advance. Did the CIA <laughs> right? Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? <laughs> I wouldn't give them that much credit. <laughs> and are you a songwriter? Can you write songs? 
<laughs> if there was if there was a talent that I would have, it would have something to do with music. Unfortunately, I am a I am a a, a dead mouse, <laughs> a dead ra- a dead rat when it comes to making any kind of artistic anything. Yeah. So you're not sewing Discord in other countries with your musical talents. Not with my <laughs> musical talents, but there might be some Discord going on. <laughs> yeah. And Paul, I, I happened to check out some of your podcasts. You were narrating one. And I, I was listening to it on the way back. It was about the building collapse in Florida. How does p- the paranormal and your delve into Skinwalker Ranch, beyond Skinwalker Ranch, how does that compare to your other investigative journalism on these deep, sad topics? I mean, look, let, let's be honest. I mean, you know, nobody nobody has, has died. <laughs> on Skinwalker, uh, and these are questions that while they may be challenging, um, you know, I think part of the reason you, you do this stuff is because wouldn't it be wonderful if we discovered something that expanded our, our vision of the universe? You know, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be amazing? And the world would stop for a moment if, if, uh, we actually uncovered incontrovertible evidence of, of a UFO. Or, or that aliens had visited Earth. Um, you know, you're, you're, you mentioned this is about hot takes. I mean, we're gonna maybe we'll talk about the NASA hearing, you know, today. Um, what they were saying is there still isn't enough data. There isn't enough evidence. Well, if that's not the, you know, the the spark to do more of this, then I don't know, you know, what is. We just need to keep looking uh, and try to understand what's actually happening. And I'm glad you brought up the NASA hearing today. So, of course, today was NASA's first public hearing on their search or their research into UFOs. And after four plus hours, I gathered we need more data. But that ties in beautifully to what y'all are doing with Beyond Skinwalker Ranch and that you are out there collecting data. So did if you had a chance to check out NASA, and, and by the way, just what is your hot take on NASA and all these other entities, you know, examining UFOs and other paranormal situations? You know, I'm really happy to see that the U.S. government is taking it seriously. Uh, And for me, coming from the intelligence community, uh, the big turning point was really last year when the DNI released an intelligence assessment on UFOs and UAP activity. Uh, And that came with, you know, the release of classified documents dating back as far as 1950, where they were collecting intelligence secrets, priorities, from foreign from foreign countries, I mean, China was on that list. The USSR was on that list. Uh, places across Latin America were on that list. Formerly classified documents that were now publicly available, documenting you know uh, real intelligence gathering efforts about strange uh, strange objects and and strange activity, strange phenomenon in the sky. So you know that the federal government has been taking it seriously for a long time and just not sharing that result with the American public. So it was really exciting to me to see those documents released and to see a formal assessment from the Senate and the House. Again, I think, you know, what what it all points to is what they, you know, some of the specifics that I found interesting being, you know, a nerd about government structure and, and such, and, and Andy can speak to this as well, is that a lot of agencies are doing, have, have their own data sets. Uh, they don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to integrate this information. So a lot of it is just like, how do we consolidate and then analyze data that's come in through multiple uh, sources from agencies that aren't necessarily used to ever talking to each other? Um, 
and how do we get a you know a consistent uh, analytical structure and and sort of cataloging? I mean, just basic stuff. You know, how do we keep track of things across a huge swath of of the U.S. government? You know, the biggest bureaucracy in the history of mankind, right? Like the U.S. government is the biggest data gathering operation that humanity's ever built. Uh, this is just, just the basics of, of getting the job done, of getting everybody to talk together in the same room at the same time. So we're just starting there now. And at the same time, acknowledging that these things are, are real and that people are seeing them, highly trained people are seeing them. And it's time to you know bring a rigorous approach to understanding what's going on. Absolutely. And I will say this, it was so interesting. We talked about the equipment with you guys. One of the best analogies from the NASA hearing today, I thought, was they said, you know, if a fighter jet takes a photograph of the Statue of Liberty and the photograph is classified, it's not the, the, what is in the picture that's classified. It's the instruments that were used to take the picture that is classified. And I thought that's a great analogy and it really explains a lot about why so much of these videos and, and photographs that the government and the military have that why they remain classified. Guys, I want your hot take on, and I asked Eric Bard and Thomas about this. They had some great reactions. What's your hot take on Dr. Travis Taylor? <laughs> I want to spend as much time as possible around Dr. Travis Taylor. I'll tell you that right now, because that guy, he is a huge brain, and he is a absolute Southern boy. It's like, it is a blast. You, you somehow can nimbly go from topics of absolute ridiculousness <laughs> to these incredibly deep, intelligent conversations uh, that are on the cutting edge of science, right? So the hard part about Dr. Taylor is keeping up with him. I was I mean, going to say, Travis is, Travis is so active. Yeah, Travis wakes up at 100 miles an hour. Like, <laughs> it's just, there's no, there's no like hitting the gas with this guy. The, the pedal is already to the metal. <laughs> Like the moment he comes in the door. Um, so, you know, all of that rubs off in the room. Uh, but yeah, it's Andy's right. Like you just kind of want to just lasso the guy and like you're off, you know, you're off on a ride. He's, he's, he's a trip. How much coffee he's does he drink? Um, I don't think he drinks any coffee <laughs> no, because he, he lives off of yeah. artificial caffeine. He'll be the first guy to tell you that, that he and Eric consume an incredible amount if they're not sponsored already, I'm, I'm going to work to get them a sponsorship of Monster. Like, I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Never seen anything like yeah. it. Yeah. And of course, there's a scientific explanation for it too, right? Because because Travis wants to maximize and optimize the amount of, of energetic chemical infusion into his body in the, <laughs> most, uh, in the most optimal way. And he's like, coffee doesn't do it. Tea doesn't do it. But here I can get three. What is, what is it that, that Eric drinks? It's like a like 96 milligrams of caffeine those, those guys, yeah. in like a, in like a serving size. It's insane. <laughs> you're really, he's really asleep when you're dead. Stupid sleep. It's so unproductive. <laughs> sleep is so unproductive. He's asleep yeah. when you're dead kind of guy. <sighs> Eric Bard and Thomas Winter also both had very interesting hot takes. So I'm excited to hear what you two think about Brandon Fugel. Oh, now Brandon was Brandon was a blast. You know, I did not know what yeah. to expect because, you know, Brandon is a guy who lives in a world very different than the rest of us because he's so successful. He's so wealthy. 
And a lot of times people like that become very reclusive. Uh, but what I found was actually quite the opposite. When Paul and I showed up and met Brandon for the first time, I mean, he was he was very personable, very open, very friendly, very supportive. I mean, he took us for a, a personal a personal tour of Skinwalker Ranch from his helicopter. And that was how Paul and I got acquainted with the ranch. I mean, there isn't there isn't a better way to to get your feet wet on Skinwalker Ranch than by seeing it. And we weren't seeing it from, yeah, from feet 500 feet above. We were like feet 70 above feet above the ranch. Yeah, he was buzzing the ranch. It was, it was awesome. He was driving it? No, his, his, oh, brother, his brother was flying. His brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, Brandon was the one in the back seat rooting him on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, uh, I think what, what's, what's so great, and Andy's right, is that he's completely approachable. He's, you know, obviously wonderfully successful uh, businessman, um, but but also very approachable and very personable um, and just a lot of fun to be around. So we had a great time. I think we had a good rapport right off the bat. Um, you know, everybody knew the score sort of coming in, but you never know what the personal chemistry is going to be like. Um, but, you know, again, with whether it was with Travis or Eric or with Brandon, you know, everyone just clicked right away. Mm -hmm. But now I'm very curious uh, if there's a future episode, uh, Dr. Mounts, where people give their hot takes on Paul and I. I totally <laughs> want to we'll tune in, it, yeah. and I want to hear that. Certainly. We're actually already working on that. It's going to be a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a little, you know, I hang some stockings on the on the mantle. You know, it'll be lovely. It'll be lovely. We'll sing Third. songs. <laughs> Well, we've done that before. Uh, we've sang some songs. Wait, I know. Don't yeah. go, don't go look it up, please. <laughs> yeah. we'll just let just it be. Do not bust be, into Smitty. the bumble, Smitty. Yeah. So, you know, if you have Travis on at some point, you can ask him about his band. He is in a band. Oh. And he is the lead singer. Yes, sir. Yes, cool. absolutely. Give you some inside information there. That's right. And we also have a frequent guest of the show, who's a singing astrophysicist. So That's he'll right. he'll join us for the Christmas special too. I'm sure. There you go. And, <laughs> There you go. There's I'm, the Christmas special right there. I'm, lear we I'm will, learning to play the guitar right now, so maybe we can. We will do Christmas carols at various haunted locations around the world and see what happens. So this is my last hot take for you guys. I, we, we are so appreciative of your time tonight. What's your hot take? And I believe you both have at least heard of this guy. What's your hot take on Robert Bigelow? Mm. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, hmm. Wonder where where have I heard that name? <laughs> so for sure, my my first hot take is <laughs> that is that is the word that comes to mind whenever I hear that name is just. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we get your information? Mm -hmm. Why can't we find your data? Why are you so? Why are you everywhere that we want to be? Right? What's the connection, Mr. Bigelow? Uh, and you know, we've had a chance to meet people who have who have worked with and and sat across from uh, Bigelow and you'll see some of those people that we interviewed during this Beyond Skinwalker series uh, and it's just you know it's dry lead after dry lead after dry lead and it's really frustrating because you know that man was on to something and he's covered his tracks and and what we have been able to find is the beginnings of where he didn't cover them deep enough uh, and where we can confirm that there is something or was something there before we got there. Not, not only that, would I say, you know, not necessarily that he didn't uh, cover them uh, deep enough or that he himself didn't go deep enough because other circumstances, mm. you know, other things happened. But Andy and I and, you know, with the support of, of Brandon and, and the rest of the team, we're going to have an opportunity to go down some of those paths. 
you know, to explore some of the things that maybe, you know, were sort of either missed or not adequately uh, um, poked at. You know, uh, as 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 Travis is fond of saying, we're going to poke the hornet's nest. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I do a good Travis. We, you know, when you're around Travis for a while, you you get his. his that was spot on. <laughs> People were wondering; they were actually in the comments wondering if he said "dang" after you guys showed him some of your findings. Dang, y'all! Look at this data. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I think that again, as, as Andy was saying, you know, and the you know the trail of Bigelow is of course you know something that is a thread that we're always on, um, but we have a lot of opportunities that that maybe weren't there before, given the format and our mobility. I, I've always wondered if he found something on Skinwalker Ranch that he is using in his aerospace industry, <laughs> if he has taken something that he found and found a way to apply and monetize it. And is it giant and triangular? I wonder that too. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly, I mean, when you look at the progression of Bigelow's research from a small team to a larger team to a government funded team, it certainly hints at the suggestion that he was finding the, the equipment or he was, he was making the discoveries that returned the investment and advanced his budget to do more. Uh, and I would, I would say that as Paul and I carried out our investigation through these eight different locations that we'll share with you over nine different episodes, you'll see the progression that we discovered and you'll see the, you'll make the connections that we got to make that really kind of underscore the likelihood that there is so much more to the Bigelow story than what we've been, uh, what we've been exposed to so far. Well, some people are asking what you guys have learned, but they're just going to have to tune into your show to find out. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to watch the show. <laughs> they're going to have to check it. And I promise you it's worth it. It's really wonderful. Well, we appreciate your guys' time. Before we let you go, I do want to just ask one last final question that we like to ask all of our guests. And from a personal note, I started this show as a skeptic when we started doing this podcast. Tim actually brought me on to be the skeptic. She was our scully. And I've gone down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I've lost all control. I've gone down the rabbit hole. I, however, find my day-to-day -day life to be with a lot of women who are moms of young children my age. It's really hard for me to go like, hey, yeah, I, I believe in UFOs. You want to have your kid over for a play date later? No? Okay. So <laughs> how? what do you guys say to skeptics, to people that still just don't believe, refuse to believe that there might be something else? When I come across those people, I tell them that they're missing out. It's not, it's not on me to try to change their mind. They can make their mind up for themselves. But what I will say is that the, the preponderance of successful and wealthy people that I have met who are believers, there is no small correlation between intelligent, successful, wealthy people and questions about the universe that make them believers in some of the data that's out there and some of the findings that we've had. So to me, that seems to suggest that the more open your mind is, the more opportunity comes your way. And that has certainly been proven true for me during this investigation. Yeah, that was very well said. Yeah, he's, you know, he's such an, an eloquent young man. So eloquent. Um, <laughs> old man, but thank you. That's the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um, 
No, I think I think Andy's point is 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 well made. I mean, you know, people who are open-minded are are people who have a particular framework about the world, about themselves. They have, I think, a certain humility uh, and curiosity. Um, and if if you've already come to some conclusions about this, I would ask people like, well, <laughs> how do you know? What have you seen that I haven't seen? Because I've been out there looking a little bit, and I haven't, you know, come to any conclusions. Um, I'm open to possibility, and again, I think that's the, you know, that's the spirit in which you have to approach these things. Because if someone has come to has come to some kind of definitive answer, one way or the other, to be honest, because again, what, what we've been saying all along is that we need more data. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to know how you think you know that because I sure don't. <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah, now that I'm open-minded, I'm going to put myself in that successful, intelligent category that Andrew has just described. Next comes the <laughs> money. You belong. You belong there. Next comes the money. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I can feel it now. Um, okay, well, we thank you guys so much for coming on. We've been okay to choose other locations, so I will say that I'm very much looking forward to your episode in North Carolina because that's where we are based. Vietnam. I mean, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. <laughs> oh, you're about to be blown away when you see where we go in North Carolina. Well, pun intended. Yeah. Blown oh, <laughs> away. Yeah. Fayetteville. Yeah. yeah, that's what we call it. Fayetteville. Fayetteville. All right. Gentlemen, anything else before we sign out for the evening? You know, I think all I want to say is that it was an absolute joy to work with Paul, to work with the whole team. I mean, these were these were strangers when I met them on our first day in Arizona, and they were family by the time I left them uh, in February. Uh, and and it was just an absolute joy that that just goes beyond the the show. It goes beyond the discoveries and the investigation and the contribution to science. And, uh, and it was just, it was awesome. And I, I want to make sure that anybody who tunes in, who gets to watch the show, understands that yes, you're watching scientific discovery. And yes, you're watching some of the, the most impressive things that have ever been captured on film, thanks to our film crew. But you're also really watching uh, a family at work, dedicated and committed to each other in the field. And I think also just no matter what, if you don't have fun watching this show, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, I don't care on some level if you, believe or don't believe but like please just just come along for the ride like it's fun to go out and ask these questions and do this stuff so you know to, just to lighten it all a little bit like we're out there we're, we're we're trying to figure things out we're as andy said we're a family we all really uh we, we began as strangers we ended as 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 as, as a, a a unit that would was literally dragging each other through the mud uh, and through the snow um, to get to the finish line. So, you know, please, uh, we're, we're excited to have people come along for the ride. Awesome. Well, I sure hope that you guys will come back and join us at the end of your season so that you can talk to us about some of the things that you have discovered on the show. But until then, we'll wait our eight weeks, watch each episode, and we'll come back around then. Sounds great, CJ. Thanks, everybody, for having us. Thank you again. Thank you again for having us. All right, Smitty, take us on out. Well, we thank Paul and Andrew and everybody be sitting in your recliners on June the 6th <laughs> at 10.05 Eastern Standard Time, or I'm going to say my time, 9.05 Central Standard Time next Tuesday night. We look forward to it. And remember, if you want to communicate with us, look at linktree.com backslash 
ATU podcast. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Be happy, be strange, and listen to all things unexplained. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Smitty's on it's cameo. It's probably 10.05 everywhere, actually. Maybe. See <laughs> You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. You can support the show by visiting our Linktree account at linktree.com backslash A-T-U podcast. If you can't get enough of us, please check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he has a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.